Hey y'all, the following podcast is a Georgia Cyber Center production. Thanks for tuning in. Things are about to get wild. Augusta University presents In the Wild, the podcast for all things AU. With this week's Quick Jag, here's your host, Rayshawn Riggs. Welcome back, y'all, to In the Wild. And joining me virtually in the studio is a very, very special guest. He is our provost and executive vice president for academic affairs, Dr. Neil McKinnon. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Thanks thanks for having me on, Rayshawn. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to have you join us. But my first question is, how was your first week of being our provost? You just made it your first week. So tell us how that been. That's right. I made it. I, I made it through. Well, it's funny because the, the interim provost texted me on Sunday evening. He's like, you're, you're, you're coming back, right? So, <laughs> um, no, it, it really was uh, fantastic. Um, folks have been, you know, so, so welcoming here. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so many good things happening um, here that, you know, certainly I wasn't even totally aware of when I interviewed. So that's really been a pleasant surprise. And my m- number one goal at this point really is, is to listen, is to meet folks, listen, and, and learn about this institution. Awesome. So for those who are listening and maybe unfamiliar, what exactly does a provost do? Well, yeah, the first thing I would say, you know, Rishon, to, to any of your, your listeners, uh, if, you're, if you're not sure, you shouldn't be embarrassed by that because a lot of people <laughs> have no idea what a provost is. I have to admit, even as a, as a faculty member early on in my career, I really had no clue. And so uh, it is kind of, you know, I think everyone knows what, what a president of a university does. And, you know, he or she, of course, is kind of, you know, the main spokesperson, external relations. Um, the provost kind of behind the scenes um, is the chief academic officer of the university. So what, what does that mean? Well, at most universities like AU, um, you know, the deans of the colleges, you know, re- report uh, to, to the provost. Uh, the provost also oversees other things like, you know, student affairs and recruiting um, informally, kind of the, the role of the provost at AU kind of informally is known as kind of a super provost role, which means that there's a few things, not that I have any superpowers, I wish, <laughs> wish that I did, uh, but, uh, but super provost really means kind of it's an expanded role to, compared to many universities. Just for an example, a couple of things that report up to the provost, which at some universities don't, uh, one would be research, you know, which is, and, you know, if you think AU is a research um, powerhouse, so that's a big part. Our second thing would be uh, research, uh, sorry, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, and so Tiffany Townsend, who oversees that for the university, she reports up to me as well. So those are just a couple examples of things that sometimes do not report to a provost, but in this case, uh, really make this a, a super uh, provost role. Awesome. Uh, what initially drew you to Augusta University? Yeah, well, you know, and this is a bit embarrassing, so I'll kind of open confession <laughs> here, Rachel. Uh, this isn't really breaking news or anything, because I have shared this a, a couple other times. But, you know, when, when I first, uh, when folks first reached out to me about interest, the, uh, the search firm, I, had to admit, I really had not heard of AU. And, um, and uh, you know, certainly I had heard of the, the Medical College of Georgia. But, you know, as soon as I read the profile, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is like, at least in my mind at the time, was, was a perfect match. And I'm glad that the feeling was mutual on the other side. <laughs> Uh, but if you look at really uh, what AU is doing, and of course with, with the health system too, you know, um, it really is kind of a, a hidden gem. I think perhaps because of the newness of, you know, this consolidation and the name changes, 
perhaps a bit got lost in translation. And so part of my role, going back to, you know, being the chief academic officer, I really need to be the chief advocate for the academic side, you know, for the students, for the faculty and, and academic staff. And so uh, to me, you know, that's, that's the strength of AU is, you know, a lot of great things going on, but hey, the world needs to, needs to hear that starting with this podcast. Yes, starting with the podcast. Um, <laughs> so when you came, or so your interview process, was it primarily virtual? Did you come on campus to visit? What did, how was that? Yeah, so it was kind of a, a blended model, to, to be honest. So it started virtual, and then um, the, the you know the finalists we we uh, did have the opportunity to come, which which was very valuable. You know, I have to admit this was my uh, first time to to Augusta. I'd not been here before, so it was really valuable just to see the community, meet people, albeit you know wearing a mask and socially distanced, uh, see the university, and so I think that was a smart smart decision made by you know President Akil, and I think you know he wanted obviously to meet folks too. I mean, uh, the provost works hand in hand with the president. And so, uh, you know, when it came time to make an offer, you know, I had, I could think of, you know, the nice, nice things I'd seen here, the nice people I'd met and that made the decision a lot easier. What surprised you about the university when you came here for the first time? Yeah. Surprises. You know, I, I think part of it is, again, I, I was kind of coming with, with no kind of, you know, uh, preformed impressions because it was not a university that I, again, I just, just admitted I, I really had not heard of before. So almost in, in, in essence, everything surprised me, Rajon, because, <laughs> you know, I didn't come up with any, with any biases, but, um, you know, I, you know, every, every university has nice buildings and facilities and, and such, but it really comes down to the people. And, uh, you know, it was very clear early on to me, you know, I think people are sincere, they're humble here. Sometimes you don't get that in academia, I have to be honest. You know, people get a PhD or MD, and then sometimes they have the ego to go along with it. But uh, it really, folks were, were really, really um, genuinely, you know, um, nice people to work with. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what career, what line of work you do, you, you want to work with people that are, are good people, right? And so uh, to me, again, that, that made the decision easy to come here as well. I had met so many great people uh, in the interview process. Absolutely. I, I remember my first time visiting campus as a prospective student, and I felt the same way just being around everyone yeah. and just feeling so welcomed. I definitely felt immediately like this can be my home away from home. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and if you think of how much time you spend in the workplace or, or as a student at the university, it needs to have that feeling of a home away from home. So, yes, definitely. I know you said that um, you're – primarily just ready to like to listen and learn about the university, but what would you say are some of your other short-term goals for the university? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, any organization usually is, is driven by um, what's commonly known as a, as a strategic plan. And, uh, you know, it's not a secret document. It's an open document <laughs> uh, here at AU, so there's not some sort of mystical, you know, plan behind the scenes. Uh, President Keel kind of led the creation of that uh, called Beyond Boundaries. And in there, you know, are some very um, clear objectives, both short-term and long-term for the university. Uh, you know, President Keel has been very public, I think, in a, a lot of these objectives. And so a lot of the work falls to the provost, to be honest, to help uh, make those things become a reality. Uh, just for example, you know, President Keel has spoken frequently about the goal of reaching, you know, 16,000 students by 2030. That's only nine years away uh, now. Now, the university has grown 
you know, or over 9,000 students, but clearly to reach 16,000, it's going to be a bit of a lift. And so the provost really, uh, what he or she can do uh, is to work with deans, work with faculty um, to create new programs, new degrees that are going to be of interest to, to students, new forms of delivery. Um, that, that's one goal. A second would be, you know, further enhancing the research profile of the university. Uh, research funding went up 25% last year, so it was a oh, wow. fantastic yeah, so the faculty and graduate students and others did a wonderful job. But, you know, um, the goal really is is to become a, a research powerhouse in the region. And I think we can do that. And so that requires, you know, building new labs, hiring, uh, stealing away from other universities, some of those research uh, superstars. And I have to admit my, myself, Rachel, I, I wanted to be a, a role model for that. So, you know, I was a dean previous, previous to this position. I had my own research. And I asked President Keel when I interviewed would it be? Would he be okay as provost if I kept a research program? And he agreed to that. So I, I want to be a role model as well to show, show everyone that research is important and that even the provost can find time uh, to fit it into his schedule uh, for, to do uh, research. I think it's great that you're setting that example, and it's super exciting to to have you on board with just advancing all of our research initiatives. But outside of those goals, what would you say you're looking forward to in 2021? Because we all made it through a crazy year that was last year. So <laughs> what are you what are you looking forward to this year? We did. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly the, the vaccine is number one on the list. So we're looking forward to, you know, uh, all of us being being vaccinated. But, and hopefully, you know, but by fall to to resume perhaps how, how we were before. Um, I would say, you know, this, this was in part, I think, um, influenced by just my experience as, as a dean previous to the position, but I, I know it's been a hard year on the faculty, staff, and students, and, and the whole uh, pandemic, and, um, you know, uh, uh, folks are certainly resilient. Uh, it's amazing all that's been done. At the same time, I think a provost needs to be sensitive to and attuned to kind of just, you know, mental health and um, how connected folks feel to a university. You know, it's kind of sad when a lot of the traditions of a university of in-person events, probably like you experienced as a student here, Rayshawn, you know, we've had to suspend or postpone. And so I think I'm really looking forward to hopefully by, by fall to, to going back and, and having those in-person activities and interactive activities and, you know, uh, fans at, at events and, and those sorts of things that really make a university what it is. So, so it's kind of two part. One is, you know, helping folks kind of continue to get through this, this rough patch and then, um, helping us get back to, um, uh, you know, celebrations in life uh, post-COVID as well. Absolutely. I can't wait to start regaining some sense of normalcy. Because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. for me, like, I'm a big movie goer. So, like, just having all of the movies I planned to go to last year just be postponed, uh, it's just so tough. But, yeah, so I'm looking forward I to know, going back to I the know. movies. Well, you can probably tell us by, by my age, but, you know, I was really looking forward to Top Gun 2. We've waited like two <laughs> decades for that movie. It was supposed to come out in June, and then it got postponed again. So, you know, by the time it comes out, Tom Cruise is going to be like 80. But uh, <laughs> I'd be next to eventually see some new movies. I, I hear you. Yes, I was just looking for all of the Marvel movies and DC movies to happen this year, yeah. and all of them just got, you know, postponed. So that's what my biggest thing I'm looking forward to this year. Um <laughs> So what has it been like transitioning into the city of Augusta? I know you said you've been able to meet some people and stuff socially distanced, but what has it been like outside of campus for you? 
Yeah, so I don't know if this was uh, done on purpose with the recruiting cycle or the position, but, you know, recruiting someone from Ohio in January, that was brilliant. So it's been a great <laughs> month, uh, you know, uh, not, not that Cincinnati is that, that horrible. And, and, you know, the listeners might be able to tell from my accent, I'm originally from Canada, actually. So um, this is a really nice winter compared to uh, what I experienced <laughs> growing up in Nova Scotia, Canada. So so that part's been great. Um you know, I think the nice part of a, of a smaller city, uh, and this kind of goes back to my previous comment, you know, Rayshon, is, you know, folks are, you know, welcoming here. And often I grew up in a small town of, of 8,000 people. And so, and so sometimes, you know, um, communities that are not in a huge metropolis are kind of dissed or disrespected, I think, um, by, by society. And that's unfortunate because I think it is in a smaller city, smaller communities often that you can make really uh, neat connections with folks and, and folks are truly uh, welcoming. Uh, so I think that part has been definitely one of the best parts of just being here early on this time of year and exploring Augusta. We've already been to, you know, places like, you know, the, the Rapids Park and, um, you know, Hammonds Ferry. And, and um, this, this region really has so much to offer. And, of course, looking forward, you know, even just, just in general, the region of, uh, you know, going to the beach and the mountains and, and things like that. Uh, Augusta really has a, a fantastic uh, location. I, of course, the one negative, I've already had one experience with Atlanta traffic, but that's a different <laughs> podcast. So it brings me back for that. We'll talk a whole podcast about Atlanta traffic. Oh, yikes. I can't, I hate driving anywhere. Like, and I tell, <laughs> and I tell all my coworkers, like, if it's outside of a, like, 20 minute radius from my house, like, just count me out. I probably won't go. Yeah. So I, <laughs> That's why I could never move to like a city like Atlanta or larger where it has crazy traffic because I wouldn't survive. So I feel you right. on I, that. You. I feel you on the Atlanta traffic. Um, have you tried any good restaurants locally? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny because um, there's one restaurant, and this is not an endorsement, so I'm not a paid commercial or anything <laughs> like that. But um, but uh, we had several folks that you know you got to try the frog and the hen, and um, we we tried to get in there twice and it was like completely booked so this oh, Sunday wow. we finally made it in and it was it was worth it um we were on a wait list and it did take a bit a while to get in but uh man that was uh you know um I luckily on their menu I didn't see calories because that would have been very <laughs> dangerous but um I had um southern fried uh chicken like biscuit and uh the best cinnamon roll I think I've ever had in my life and stuff so it was uh well worth it so, so highly recommend that that place Absolutely. I haven't been there. I have a whole list of places that I want to go to locally because I've started on the side reviewing local restaurants and the Frog and the Hen is on my list. So I have to go there soon. Yeah. Now, that you, now that you've recommended well, it, I have to go. I don't know if you, uh, if you ever take a friend you know, or a provost along with you, but if, <laughs> if, you need a, if you need a provost to come with you on that, I will even pay. Uh, how about that? So. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll absolutely take you up on that. And speak, <laughs> so speaking of food, um, on our podcast recently, we've been just asking people about just like their eating habits, right? Just to see if they pass the in the wild vibe check is what I'm calling it. So right. one of my questions to you to see if you pass our vibe check is what is the weirdest uh -oh. food you've ever ate? Oh my goodness. Weirdest. Um, in my in my previous role um, as dean, we had uh, partnerships with some universities in China. Oh wow! And uh, so I, I did th three trips to China, and and um, the way at least at least it worked on, on our trips, the parts of China that we were in, when you're kind of coming as a delegation uh, from the U.S., they tend to um, 
take you to these restaurants, these huge round tables, huge round tables, like maybe 15, 20 people at a table. And in the middle, there's like a mechanical lazy Susan. So this little like uh, circular small table. And what they do is they bring out one dish at a time and then um, they motorize it. So it stops at the most important guest. Oh, wow. And that person is supposed to like, so, so one trip I was like, I guess was technically like the most important, like the, the highest ranking title as a dean. And so um, I'm supposed to take a bit of that first dish, eat it, and then it goes to the next most important person and so on. And so on that trip, I remember the very first dish I had was jellyfish, and I had never eaten uh, jellyfish before. And then the second dish was I thought was going to be normal was a chicken, chicken noodle soup. Um, but when I started eating it, I noticed there was a big kind of clump of something near the bottom. I lifted it up with the entire foot of the chicken with the nails and everything still on it. And again, everyone's watching me eat, right? So I cannot get away with, with not eating uh, this, this chicken foot, essentially, in my soup. So um, I had one of my faculty, who's really from China, um, he would translate everything for me. And after I had the jellyfish and I had the chicken foot, I said, I, I really don't want to know what I'm eating. So to answer your question, I probably have eaten some other weird things. I just don't know what they're called because I didn't want to know at that point. So <laughs> I would have freaked out. I am not an adventurous eater at all. I'm very picky. So as soon as I saw that foot, I probably would have wanted to just yeah. like run out of the <laughs> restaurant and leave. And I wanted to, believe me. But you know, everyone was, was, I didn't want to have an international you know, uh, diplomatic uh schism or, or a chism, you know, with that. So yeah, I had that kind of thought, you know, um, nod and smile and, and uh, <laughs> I respect yeah. you keeping your calm during that moment. Thank you. <laughs> and last question, which I think is the most important question. Does pineapple belong on pizza? It does. If you live in Hawaii and, and it should really stay there. So, um, so yeah, I uh, it's it's a no for me. Yeah, yeah, gotta, gotta say that. <laughs> so maybe if I'm in Hawaii, you know, otherwise, uh, no. <laughs> uh, Am I kicked off this podcast now, or did I gain some new friends? I'm not gonna kick you off, but I personally <laughs> love pineapple on pizza. I don't, oh, no. It's not my go, it's not my go to, but. Sometimes I will order a Hawaiian pizza because the pineapple and the ham is just the sweet and sour. Yeah. I, I need it. I get that. And my, and my favorite kind of pizza is bar barbecue chicken by far. I love barbecue okay. chicken pizza. But, but, hey, we can still be friends. I will still <laughs> go with you to the frog in the hand. I will still pay for you as long as you don't. Actually, I don't think it's on their menu, so I don't have to worry. I was going to say I will pay for, you, for your meal as long as it's not pineapple uh hawaiian you know pizza but uh but I that's okay we, we can still okay good <laughs> that's a deal uh thank you so <laughs> much dr mckinnon for being here today um and tell us where we can keep up with you on social media and all that good stuff yeah so it's uh a u g underscore provost uh so i am active on instagram and twitter so um yeah just you know and that's it's, uh, I'm kind of documenting as uh, people I'm meeting, things that I'm exploring. I'm uh, taking pictures and doing things like that. So um, I started with my first college tour, um, actually just Monday this week. It's Medical College of Georgia. I'll be hitting all 10 colleges and schools in the next yes. 10 weeks, one a week. So I'll be posting things from that. And just, just one other thing, just for the, the students might be listening as well, 
I've asked the deans, I've made a commitment, I'm going to be uh, having at least one teaching touch point at each of the 10 colleges and schools too. So I can't, I, I probably won't be able to teach every single uh, student, but you know, for a lot of students, I want them to know that, you know, um, being in the classroom is important to me as provost. And hopefully for some students, um, the first time they meet me won't be when they're crossing the stage at graduation to shake my hand that, uh, you know, so I will be uh, meeting students. And I'll be sharing those experiences on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. I love that. And I look forward to taking you up on that, uh, that frog and hen date, lunch date. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right. All and right. that will be, uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of great stories from that. Again, no, uh, no Hawaiian pizza, no, uh, no jellyfish and chicken foot uh, soup. But other than that, <laughs> lots, lots of uh, cuisine there. That's right. Is there a topic in your field that deeply interests you? Do you have an idea for a project that you want to get off the ground? The Augusta University Center for Undergraduate Research and Scholarship provides an avenue for students to bring their ideas to life through faculty-led undergraduate research. Such research can be done in the laboratory, the field, the library, or an art studio. The KERS program gives structure and support to your research project by providing faculty and student development activities, sponsored research seminars, and student research grants. All you need to apply is an idea and a faculty mentor who will support you through the research process. Visit augusta.edu CURS or email CURS at augusta.edu for more information. What's up, y'all? We're back and joining me in the studio after a very, very long time. <laughs> one of my work friends for What's Up America, Yay. it's Danielle. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Ray Sean. How are you? I'm so happy you're here in the studio. I'm happy to be here. Happy New Year. Yes, it's a new year. It's been forever since we've been face-to-face -face in the studio. So what do you have for us today? Well, you know, Rayshawn, there's so much that has happened since the last time that we were together <laughs> yes, on so the podcast. Yes, so much in America. So much has gone on in America. Um, but I'll say definitely right now what's happening in America is that all eyes are on the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. Yes, across the entire country, of course, the globe. But as far as America, all eyes are on what's going to happen next. How are we going to make this happen so that people can get the vaccine as quickly as possible? So um, last week, President Joe Biden, he said that the U.S. is ramping up deliveries to hard-pressed states um, over the next three weeks, and he expects to provide enough doses of the vaccine to about 300 million Americans yes. by the end of the summer or early fall. So I know that we all have our fingers crossed for that, but you know, you just never know. Um, but in my opinion, that's really good news. I feel like this is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And I know I was vaccinated um, yeah. with minimal side effects and you were vaccinated. Yeah, I was vaccinated and I experienced just a few side effects. Okay. Um, nothing too like drastic, and and I'm one that battles asthma, which I know is one of the underlying um, um, illnesses that people have to be aware of when you're dealing with COVID. So as someone who battles asthma, and I got the vaccine, I didn't experience any any breathing trouble, but I did have maybe just a low grade headache, and I felt lethargic just a few days, but I got over it very quickly. So you know that was my experience. Nothing too dangerous, nothing too crazy, and I rather had that than actually have the actual virus. So 
as we keep looking forward, um, even though, you know, we have the broad scope of what President Biden said as far as what's going to happen across the country, yep. locally, Augusta, Uni Augusta University Health, we are doing our part to make sure that the community, they get the vaccine as quickly as possible. So in an effort to help encourage the vaccination in Augusta's most undeserved and minority communities, AU Health, we're, we're now partnering with a lot of local churches mm -hmm. and the Georgia Department of Public Health to provide greater access to COVID-19 vaccines and education through clinics at places of worship located in our area. I think that is wonderful news. Yes, that's awesome. Yep. So last week, Rayshawn, we kicked off our vaccination public effort program um, with two pop-up clinics, and we were able to start administering the vaccine to members of the public meeting criteria for, you know, with the Georgia Department of Public Health. Um, they put in their phase one criteria, and that includes people um, ages 65 and older. So, yes, the vaccine will be distributed in phases. So if you want to see if maybe you are um, eligible to be in one of these phases, just go to our website, which is AugustaHealth.org backslash vaccine for more information. And we'll put the link in the description just for your convenience. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, speaking of that population being open, you signed your parents up to get vaccinated as well because they're pastors. Absolutely. So my parents are pastors and then they um, both are 65 and older. So and my dad had COVID-19 in 2020 and mm. so did my brother, but I saw just how dangerous this thing can be. I'm grateful that both my dad and my brother are fine but when i heard that we were now opening this up to seniors age 65 and older i was like yes mom and dad i'm getting you all <laughs> vaccinated so so yes um they went to one of the pop-up clinics and i'm so grateful that au health is making this available to that to that age group i'm very excited yes i'm so uh thankful and excited for mm -hmm. the availability of this vaccine to go to starting off to that population and expanding out as we continue to go but switching gears a little bit okay. uh danielle what are you looking forward to this year because i know we all got thrown off in 2020 oh yes so what what you got going on for 2021 so for 2021 i got high hopes i am yes. you know i'm a very yes some people say i'm a pollyanna but it doesn't matter <laughs> i am a very positive person um and i'm just you know with just talks of the vaccine that makes me happy um knowing that you know we are doing our part to help slow the spread of this virus and i know there's a new variant happening but i still have high hopes thanks to this vaccine and also on a personal note, you know, thanks to Ray Sean and his push and his encouragement, <laughs> I launched a podcast. So I'm, yes. I'm excited. Tell us about it. Oh, goodness. So it's called Focus 365, the podcast. And it just deals with how... Um, how you can regain your clarity, hope, and peace in every area of your life. So for those listening, I just want y'all to know that Ray Sean, he gave me so much <laughs> encouragement, so much advice, and he does such a great job on In the Wild. And so I'm just grateful that I can reach out to him whenever I feel panicked <laughs> about my show. So um, Focus 365, the podcast, I think that is the perfect title and timing because, mm. like I just said, we were all just thrown off last year. And so many people need to get their focus back That's for true. 2021 because so many goals um, had to be on pause or shifted because we were experiencing a crazy year and not just with the pandemic, but just everything yeah. happening in our country and mourning the loss of loved ones, like yeah. so much. So I think this podcast is 
100% needed. And I've already listened to your Thank first you. episode <laughs> and I loved it. And I can't wait to hear more. So where can we go to get our focus back? So you could go to, of course, it's it's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts and pretty much any podcast platform. And, you know, I'm a proud Jaguar. <laughs> and so it's just wonderful to, you know, talk about this on a platform of the university that helped teach me how to do this and to have the expert advice of another Jaguar alone well, thank just you. means a lot. <laughs> so I'm excited. So, yep, that's where you can find it. Yes. So after you finish listening to this, y'all, go over to listen to Focus 365 wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank, thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Rayshawn. I appreciate that. And we'll be back. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you'll never have to miss another one. Also, to make our hearts sing, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. But don't stop there. Share our episode and talk to us on Instagram at InTheWildPod. You can follow me too at Ricks. Until then, I'll see y'all next time and go get wild. Augusta University's Student Health Services mission is to provide quality health and preventative services to AU students. They offer a variety of services to students, including immunizations, clinic services, and virtual resources. They have multiple clinic services available to students, from women's services to primary medical care. They are conveniently located on the Health Sciences campus for students. Give them a call at 706-721-3448 or check them out online at augusta.edu slash HSH.